Hi and welcome to Spill the Tea with LLIB. I'm Cal. And I'm Claire. And together we founded the incredible platform that is Leading Ladies in Business, a platform that inspires and supports female business women across the globe. Hi and welcome to another episode of Spill the Tea with LLIB. Today we have got the gorgeous Margaret Bell with us, who is our gut health expert. Um, it's lovely to have you with us, Margaret. Lovely to be here. <laughs> um, so we're here today to talk all things um, women in business. Yeah. Uh, so spill the tea so far on what the journey has been like for you as a woman in business. Flipping heck. I know, <laughs> I know. What a question to start with. It's been, uh, I'm not going to cliche, hopefully, but it has been a heck of a journey, I'd say. Um, I mean, from the age of 14, from experiencing the likes of anorexia through binge eating in my 20s and then orthorexia in my 30s. Obviously, at the time when I was through my 20s, 30s, I wasn't doing what I'm doing now. And I was in very much a male-dominated kind of environment. So to then switch from that, from the likes of a full-time job, to have my own business... There was a heck of a lot to learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm there with you on that one. How long have you been on that journey for? So when did you decide to start your own business? Um, let's just say life changes happened at 40. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was married at the time. 40 was the year we actually got divorced. I experienced depression mm-hmm. through that. It was an amicable uh, divorce. Mm-hmm. But I don't think anyone going through divorce doesn't experience some kind of loss. Mm. It's a really grieving process, isn't it? Yeah. So I experienced depression through that and experienced a situation with food that I never had before. The likes of not feeling that I deserved to eat, not feeling that I even deserved to be here. That's how deep the depression got. Um, And lost my director's job at the time. Mm. So it was all kind of... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All kind of caving in, unfortunately. Um, so I did go and see a counsellor for around about seven or eight months, yeah. build myself back up. And it was at that stage that I just thought, I do not want to go back to where I was. I was working long days, say working long days, it hasn't stopped working long <laughs> days. Yeah. But the long days were like from eight o'clock in the morning, probably through till around about midnight basically because it was the entertainment and events industry that I was in. So I didn't really want to go back to that at 40. Mm-hmm. Kind of drew on my experiences through the different disordered eating that I'd experienced and really wanted to do something around that. Mm-hmm. But also, which will be one of the answers to the next questions, I had been studying gut health for so many years And I just thought, why aren't I doing anything Mm -hmm. with this? Mm -hmm. Why aren't I helping, one, ladies that have been through what I've been through or are going through what I have been through and marrying this with the likes of gut health? Because if you do stress, eat comfort or whatever, guaranteed it's going to affect your gut health. So Mm -hmm. bring the two together. And that's when the journey of self-employment started to kick off. So what made you so passionate about gut health? Where did that journey begin? That that started when I was about 15 and a half. My mum was diagnosed with lupus, which is an autoimmune condition. And that just affects the whole body. But I 
kind of cottoned on, even at that age, that it was autoimmune. So it must have been something to do with her immune yeah. system. And the doctor at the time that was gave the news to my mum passed on very nice news that it can be hereditary and passed on through the female side of the family. So I just wow. thought, wow. yay, yeah, <laughs> great. Yeah. But it's normally passed on about 30s or 40s, so hopefully now I'm 48, I've, I've missed that. Mm. But, yeah, I just started to learn about the immune system and we're talking, God, before the before internet. It was, was, yeah, before it was fashionable to yeah. be into gut health and before mm. we know what we know. Before the internet as yeah. well. I was going to say, did you have to visit many libraries? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but even then, the libraries only had a few yeah. things. Yeah. And I can remember reading a book from the 1980s about the immune system. So it's just like, wow. okay, <laughs> this is where I'm starting from. And thank goodness the internet came in because then yeah. I could start reading the likes of uh, Harvard University studies and obviously different studies from different doctors to start building up my knowledge. Mm. my dad passed away in my mid-20s through cancer of the stomach um, and I very much know that that was probably brought on by stress uh, because he was working for the gas board in a high position for well over 20 years and three years later he passed away so wow. it was like there's got to be some correlation mm. there which just reinforced me carrying on that learning yeah. yeah, so it's a really personal journey then, isn't yeah. it? That study of gut health and yeah. the way it's impacted your family directly and then leading to building a business so that other people yeah. don't have to. Mm -hmm. We're yeah. big believers that um, our darkest moments can become the springboards for our biggest successes yeah. and it sounds like you've hugely built mm -hmm. on that springboard and yeah. those dark moments and used what's happened as a real positive yeah. going forward to impact many people yeah. yeah yeah it sounds incredible so what would you say the hardest challenge that challenge that you've had to come overcome in business would be to date and how did you get over that how did you move through that if you did <laughs> if not <laughs> we're many here challenges <laughs> daily challenges <laughs> every single flaming day um i probably say the most difficult one and you might mm. get me on this when I have clients, especially when it's around about the likes of disordered eating, mm -hmm. you can get very, oh, I used to get very sucked in to mm -hmm. what was going on with yeah, them. Absolutely. So when having the likes of one-to-one -one sessions with them, moving them from a place of disordered mm -hmm. eating to what one of my programmes is, food freedom, mm -hmm. it's a very personal journey for them. And in turn, it can turn into a very personal journey for me. But to learn to actually step back from it mm -hmm. and not take on all that energy was a very big lesson for me. It's mm. so hard to do. Yeah. That is so hard in all industries of well-being, counselling, support. Um, it's so hard not to take your client's journey yeah. and see it as your own when you've been so you know you've been down a similar path mm. I've got clients I remember clients a few years ago during um COVID and she lost her daughter and everything was fine and I've never been through that so I was great at counseling and you know I, I said all the right things I was there for her I was guiding her and um, it was very much her journey until she said the date and the date was my son's birthday <sighs> that she passed and automatically I was like, mum. Yeah. Like switched from Claire the counsellor to 
mum. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, but I identified that. And I think that's one of the best things about having a community and having supervision and having that person to go to and saying, look, I've I've not yeah. buried this. I've not tried to make it my own. I've identified it. And I think you've got to, you know, you've had to be really careful with that mm-hmm. because it would be too easy to slip back in here and all of the things that w- was once you and the things that exactly. you did. Yeah. yeah. Not just that as well, it's the energy that it takes mm, yeah. out of you. Because once you've mm. had a session like that, I'm like, mm. <gasps> <laughs> so it's making sure I'm not spending all that energy mm-hmm. and understanding that, yes, mm. my energy is my own. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So when you talk about disordered eating patterns mm-hmm. and things, what does that look like just for anybody who might be out there listening and, uh, you know, want some further advice on that? What does disordered eating look like? Disordered eating... Um, is it can be on the way to eating disorders, definitely. So I do deal with, the, I do work with the likes of teenagers who are moving to the towards the likes of eating disorders. Um, but disordered eating can be the likes of stress eating, mm-hmm. um, which, crikey, I don't think I've met a person that doesn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so it is literally... <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. is turning to food as your crutch, your kind mm. of go-to for when you are stressed yeah. rather than looking at what emotions that stress yeah. has brought up and why, you know, and looking behind it. it's never a carrot it. stick that you turn to oh, in that moment, is it? Or, no. you know, a bit of hummus or, you know, why is that? What? Well, what is it about a big yeah. bar of galaxy that just goes, no. oh, Or Chris me. Doritos, Doritos for me. Doritos. Well, there's a there's a good reason and this, well, this is where a little bit of gut health comes in as well. Um, when we're stressed, more women turn to stress eating than more than anything else. Men, not so. Women, definitely more is so. Is that because women are more stressed than men? Exactly. Because we take on a lot more exactly. than men, maybe. Yeah. We definitely do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing. Yeah. But um, our frontal cortex, when we're stressed... Isn't can't actually take on as much. Um, it's gone through my head. Come on, brain. <laughs> it'll come back. Yeah, it'll come back. <laughs> Rachel missed out one of her top three as oh, well on her podcast, and then at the it end of back. it, remembered it. Yeah. So yeah, we're it all there. Back. We're natural. We're human. <laughs> exactly. So that's why I'm stressed because my frontal cortex yeah. just can't. It, when you're actually uh, under a stress situation, your frontal cortex can't take on as much information. But also, it means that the likes of cravings happen mm. and your willpower is down. So that's a frontal cortex. But when you're stressed, obviously cortisol is running through your system mm-hmm. as well. And when quite a lot of cortisol is running through your system quite a, over a constant period of time, that can actually affect the bacteria in your gut. And it affects it in such a way that your gut, the bacteria in there, actually prefers the likes of sugary and high-carb food. Wow. Wow. (laughs) So we're not, yeah, goodness me, it's all our gut's fault. (laughs) I'd love to say that, but you do have some, (laughs) you do have some say. Yeah. So there is the likes of stress eating, um, comfort eating, and obviously the likes of um, orthorexia as well, which isn't quite seen as an eating disorder at the moment. Mm. But that is basically when you are clean eating, but it is more of a control mechanism for you. Say, for instance, you were going wanting to go out to a restaurant. That isn't something that someone with orthorexia is comfortable with doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that fact that it's it's more of a 
control thing mm-hmm. rather than wanting to just clean eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and, and being so mindful of everything that goes into your mouth that you're constantly thinking about it all of the time. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I think we've all yeah. had spells like that, though. I think especially when you're on certain um, weight loss programs or yeah. that are great, you know, they're, they're meant to be great and, you know, you feel better and you actually get addicted to the feeling of, you know, having that control yeah. over it and then you feel so guilty so guilty yeah. when you turn to anything mm. else i remember cal when we spoke about pure orange juice and mm. you're like no I, like i can't have any pure orange i'd made this lovely breakfast you know yogurt and and fruit and a glass of pure orange and you were just like no no pure orange yeah. so many away. sins on slim and world <laughs> i can't i'm not gonna say i'm not gonna spend them on that one i can spend it on my bar of galaxy for a bit of comfort eating later yeah, on come on <laughs> I know there's a lot of there's so much information out there. Yeah, and misinformation. It's really difficult to filter through, isn't it? It, I think that's really important to know. There is so much information out there that's not true, and people are just trying to make money from. Exactly, it's the fear. Once you've scared somebody into believing, and I'm I'm not for this for marketing, don't scare someone into buying your product and service. Like, don't put the fear, just guide them into why your product and service is going to help them improve their life. Yeah. Um, Don't tell them what they're doing wrong all the time because, again, you feel guilty. You feel like you you, you are doing everything wrong. We're too quick at the end of the day to say or to see what we got wrong that day over what we actually did right. So looking on social media and being told that you're doing this wrong in business and you're doing this wrong in health and, you know, it's just, it it can become a lot. Yeah, it can be and it's just bombarding. So Mm -hmm. I literally, and I'll try not to swear, but it might be fitting I cut through the crap yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. quite literally quite literally well. yeah no, so that. in terms then of the top three tips for looking after our gut what would they be first thing I always recommend is to start resting your gut and what I mean by that is stress is the number one thing that affects your gut health everyone think you need to jump straight to food it's a waste of time because if, you're, if you've got a stressed gut, then whatever food you put in there isn't going to work mm. for you. So first of all, really start engaging with what things can help you rest, relax and rest and digest. Mm. Rest and digest is the key thing, to be quite honest with you. Mm-hmm. We all need to be in that state of mind when you're actually eating because if you eat under stress then you cannot physically digest food. Mm-hmm. Wow. And if you're like, not- I've got seven weeks worth of food <laughs> in the stomach currently at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> All gurgling away. <laughs> yeah. To rest for rest four, four weeks for, for a bit of digestion to go <laughs> on. But there's digest. one real question you can just ask yourself um, before you start eating, am I going to be eating under stress? Mm. And then just assess where you are. Mm. And if you are... I honestly just do a simple breathing exercise for a couple of minutes where you're breathing into your stomach, not here. Because if you're breathing into your chest, that alone can start the stress again. So breathing into your stomach, then you actually start bringing down your stress. Mm. Perfect. Wow. (laughs) Amazing. So who's made the most influence in your life then? So life, business, both. Who's been the biggest influence to you? Has to be my mum. She's no longer with us. She'll be up there. She'll be so proud. (laughs) Yeah, but she used to be my biggest influence from the start. 
and she's still my biggest influence yeah. now. Um, she was always the person that held the family together. Yeah. And just as well, um, she actually passed away on May 25th, 2020, so it's not, that was about three years ago. And she was my catalyst to to really push forward mm. with my business and write my book. And I can just hear her in the back of my head with a very broad Geordie accent. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, love, keep going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that. So it's so, yeah, it's lovely. So what goals are you pursuing right now? What goals is your mum telling you to go on, girl, go for them <laughs> uh, right Jordi now? Accent. Go on, girl. No, now I can do a much better Geordie accent than that. No, I'm not going to do it right now. How are you, lads? I'll save that for another, <laughs> podcast, for another podcast. I have to do a lot of practising in private yeah, okay. first and then, like, I'll be all... Do you want a Geordie accent? Yeah, well, yeah, uh, yeah, maybe. And then I'll be ready to go. Thank you, Claire. Sorry. Sorry, so yeah, in your in your best Geordie, what goals are you pursuing right now in your business or personal life that you can share with us today? Um, so it, within I'll start within business. I am very much going down a route of understanding more about women's hormones of every age. Mm-hmm. So not just of perimenopause, menopause, but of teenagers mm-hmm. as well. And the fact what those hormones can actually do at different mm-hmm. times of the month, how we can actually work with the hormones rather than against, because we all know that time of the month. Yeah. But do we know exactly what goes on the rest of the mm-hmm. time? Yeah. And how that can benefit you at work, but also benefit you at school. Yeah. But also can they can give you better communication at work and at home because mm-hmm. if you've got the likes of a teenage daughter and you're going yes. through <laughs> yes. wouldn't it be better to understand where she is yeah mm. in the cycle mm-hmm. and when you can actually have the difficult conversations mm-hmm. with her and when she can is best to actually clear a room mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah well yeah <laughs> margaret i feel like you'll become my new best friend my daughter is 12 very hormonal um, which doesn't help when you're also hormonal no. at the same time does it so it's like no. a, a bad clash yeah. of hormones in the house mm-hmm. yeah exactly <laughs> but what i'm what I, what my big aim is is to obviously i have started going into business with this kind of knowledge mm. so that you can start working with communication mm. within mm-hmm. the business the next step is really getting it into schools mm-hmm. because the amount of things that I've read and understood is that girls are being shamed when it comes to their periods and that shouldn't be the case. They no. should have as much information mm-hmm. as they mm-hmm. possibly can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'd listened to a really interesting podcast which I got very excited about, didn't I, in the car with you the other day Talk that was talking all around that, that same issue in the podcast is 28 days-ish. Yeah. And um, they were talking about exercise during mm-hmm. different phases of the cycle and what we know now about exercise and women's yeah. women's health. And mm-hmm. um, I am approaching 40 this year, so it's something that has um, become very um, prevalent yeah. in, um, in my life. And, yeah, just that understanding of it more. And there's so much that we're not taught and there's so much that we don't know about our bodies no. that – that hugely impacts how we live. I mean, you know, just for example, me and Claire have, you know, one day, one week of the month 
um, every single month where both of us want to give up everything. We're like, yeah. stop the world. I want to get off. I'm not in business any longer. I'm not doing this. Mm. And then we're like, oh. And it's usually actually, the same week because yeah. we're both we're both together yeah. so much. Maybe it's hormones. Like, where our cycle <laughs> yeah. is like identical almost. Yeah. And yeah. then we have a week where we're like, oh my goodness, we can do this. Yeah. This is incredible. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, a week where you're so productive and then a week where... But exactly. if we were more mindful of that and if we knew when that was coming, especially yeah. for our younger generations as well. I think Alan's got onto it. I think my husband's got onto it. Yeah, he works shifts and sometimes he's he away. Just yeah, he just doesn't Yeah, I think he just <laughs> goes to his boss and says, oh, can I have this? Can you just like make me shift a little bit different? <laughs> no, but if we know, like for instance, round about the week before... Yeah. That is when we need to hibernate. That is what I call, I've kind of called them different phases, different things. That's your poison ivy phase, like your feral cat phase. Yeah. yeah. Feral yeah. cat. Feral we don't cat. say feral on this show. <laughs> Thank you. Only I say feral on this show. <laughs> this one's called feral on the show. It is banned. It is a no word. Your poison ivy phase. Yeah. <laughs> but if you know that kind of thing, you know when it's best yeah. to actually do You're right. your admin stuff and when mm-hmm. it's best to do, you know, go for new projects, mm-hmm. then... Yeah. It makes it so much easier. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like an exciting, mm-hmm. um, exciting new, yeah, new phase of the business as yeah, well, definitely. and also linked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So we have a closing tradition on this podcast. Oh, it's an incredible tradition. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen it on the previous I podcast. Have. Well, I think we're quite balanced now, aren't we? We're quite. Balanced. Oh no, I think I'm still in the lead. <laughs> I'll get the right points. Um, so. We ask our guests what their preference is when making a cup of tea. So how would you make the perfect cup of tea, Margaret? I put the tea bag in, swish it around a couple of times, mm-hmm. squish it, take it out, add the milk. Yeah. Yes, I she knew, does. I knew you were one of yes, them. I just knew it. <laughs> however, oh, I'm sorry. however, however, I've, I've recently found a dirty chai tea which I'd, hopefully I've got it right where you have, you know, the chai tea bag. Oh, yeah. Um, which is like a herbal tea bag and you add milk to it. Yeah. Is it dirty because of that, though? <laughs> that is the question. Is that why you think it's it a dirty chai? <laughs> For all the dirty people out there that like to add their milk at the same time as the tea bag. There you go. <laughs> that could be the reason why. I thought it was the milk no, itself. No, Margaret, because, it's not the reason okay. why. Please don't encourage her. <laughs> Think. Yeah. it's not <laughs> but yeah when you have that I, I do keep the tea bag in you do yeah, yeah. well so, so we you know if you like a dirty moment that's fine yeah. <laughs> yeah so we both got a point there ish yeah. point and a half <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll a see. half for the feral <laughs> every time we say feral you gotta go beep beep <laughs> We beep out, not words. Um, perfect. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much, much, Margaret. That's so much information that Thank we'll take away. And this is why we love this yeah. podcast so much because every guest not only gives our viewers um, what they need to hear and, and to help support them in their life, but it's for me and you as well, isn't it? We get yeah. loads from it. So yeah, thank you so much Thank for you. being a guest Thank on you. the show. And we'll see you soon. Yes. Bye.